Hello, and welcome to Weed and Grub. So they're called catapants, like C-A-T-A pants, and it's short for catapult pants, because with the... Oh, good. You're already laughing. My, my thinking is just that with the world opened back up, I don't want to talk to people still. I'm still not interested in having conversations, so if I can wear pants that catapult me out of situations that I'm, I'm in, then I won't have to, you know, deal <laughs> anymore okay i uh, great idea i i definitely think this would be a hot seller i have so many questions hit me with them because all i can think about is when i'm surrounded by people at a party and they're like so how are you and i'm immediately like and i just like launch into the air and over the pool house back into my home through the window that i break (laughs) okay first off uh engineering questions How how do you envision these catapants working? So you know how your shadow is on the ground. <laughs> mm-hmm. Okay, good. <laughs> <laughs> yes, like, I'm familiar with the shadow being on the ground normally. So the catapult lays flat behind you, and when you push your heel down, almost like a slap bracelet, the catapult part rockets up into your butt and launches you. 100 yards away from the danger zone that you're currently in. Okay. Uh, okay, I can see that. Yeah. Where does the part that lies on the ground behind you live when you're just walking around? Like, does it roll up and tuck into the waistband? Or, you know what I'm saying? Oh, okay. Well, then let me adjust it and have it be up against your butt the entire time. Almost okay. like a, not like a brace. I don't want you to walk around straight legged like both of your knees are in air casts, like some John Candy movie that I can't remember the name of from 1989. Instead, I, I think that the, I think that like the catapult part is up against your butt the entire time. And then when you're in a social situation, any type of setting, you know, you hit your heels and they drop down ready for action at the smallest misstep or boring part of a conversation. Okay, good. Yeah. Yes. That's a much better idea. Yeah, that's how catapants work. And then you can get them in like corduroy, khaki, um, I like sh- jean short if your dad wears brown belts and loves the grill, you know? like Oh, yeah. The, gr- the braided brown belt look with loafers. With fucking loafers. Yes. Totally. I so I just this. think it's like it's an important invention that I can see kind of going gangbusters and launching us into the uh, a new tax bracket because nobody <laughs> nobody wants to talk about anything. I don't care how your 18 months were. Mine were also hard. Like, what are we doing? I will wear the prototype around and work out the kinks for you. Mm-hmm. Um, I had a, an encounter involving pants the other day where I wished that my pants were catapants. So I would definitely take advantage of that feature. <laughs> <laughs> don't don't leave out names, name names, name uh, uh, addresses. Give me okay. all the deets. All right. Guy at the QFC, um, friendly fellow, thought he was being friendly, just made me feel mad and comfortable. Um, I was wearing, you know, those pants that I have, I wear them all the time because they're so comfortable. They're this 
brand, I think they're called, uh, oh, I can't remember the brand name, but they're like really loose and comfortable. And they're kind of like, like they, they're almost like um, MC Hammer pants a little bit. I hate to say that because they're like actually like cool, cool looking pants, but they like, they have that sort of like drapey fabric and they've kind of got that dropped crotch in the middle. And then they're like, they're loose and flowy. And I pair them with all sorts of things. I dress them up with a nice top. I dress them down with a t-shirt. I, I live in these things. They're great pants. And I, I've never felt, um, self-conscious about them until I was just wearing my pants, you know, shopping in, in the aisle, you know, trying to select between, was I going to get the lemon lime or the plain flavor of, uh, LaCroix? And he came up really close to me. And he also was kind of like, you know, doing that half mouth thing. And he was like, those are interesting pants. And I was like, oh, oh. he's like, what are they? It's kind of like a skirt, but they're kind of like pants. Those are real. I've never seen anything like that. And I would have liked to catapult away in that moment because all of a sudden I was standing way too close to a stranger who was talking about um, something that was on my body. And I just was like, this has been uh, a, a terrible feeling that I have been delightfully unfamiliar with during the pandemic, having anything about myself commented on by some dude. So, uh, yeah, would wear catapants for future situations. <laughs> that is the perfect scenario, Mary Jane, because one, you're already wearing parachute pants, uh-huh. which so if you catapant away from this man who's like rubbing his grubby fingers on your fabric next to your knee talking about <laughs> them, then you catapant away. And then just like the Cluots and Barb and Star, your parachute pants pick up the draft. And as you smash through the grocery store window out of the danger zone, you can float back to the earth safely <laughs> and no longer near that fuck face. Like this is yes. what I'm talking about. This yes. is what I would like to do. I also love that you called them cluots because I knew what you meant. And I now I'm going to call them cluots though. Well, let's learn what they should be called. <laughs> Kulots. Not that Kulots. far off. Kulots. Yeah. You know what I was thinking of? I was thinking about that delicious um, uh, Cl- plum, Cl- plum hybrid. Oh, um, pluots. The, the pluot. Ah. And and now I'm and now I'm just like making excuses because I'm embarrassed <laughs> about my lack of pant knowledge. You know what are we gonna do? There's no reason for you to know about um, pluots. Yes to all of these ideas, and it's great to see you, Mike. It's great to see you too. <laughs> what up, Mary Jane? How's it going, Mike? <laughs> well, I think we're on to something with catapants. If this is your first time listening, welcome to Weed and Grub, everybody. This is a podcast about comedy, cannabis, culture, cooking, calling shit out, and, and culottes. Cluots. <laughs> Cluots. Catapants. It's a and podcast. Catapants. It's a podcast about pants that help you escape from bad situations. <laughs> yeah. Wouldn't it be fun if you catapant away from a party that you don't want to be at and somebody on the other side of the neighborhood catapants away from their parents who are saying, what are you going to do with your life? And then you two bonk heads in the middle of the air, fall down to the earth, make eye contact and fall in love. Yes. I think this is a great way to fall in love. That's a very likely scenario for many people in America. Yeah. And then you can elope because you catapant together to, you know, Vegas. And that's where you can get hitched without anybody asking you any big questions you don't want to answer. Right. Which is the best way to get married is not to be held accountable by friends or family asking you if maybe you're making a mistake. 
I definitely think everyone should get married with nobody who knows them around at all to call anything into question. How do you feel about the <laughs> how do you feel about this personal story that you're thinking about right now that you're not sharing that has to do with you that you refuse it's, to take ownership of? It's not about me, but it is about a friend. It is about a friend <laughs> who eloped during the pandemic and I was like, "Whoa, that is a wild decision to make when you um, don't introduce that person to any of the people who know and love you, and they're all a little concerned about it. And then when they meet the person that you married, their concern is uh, borne out, and it's a little—it's a—it's a crazy thing. But you know, good luck. <laughs> wow. So wait, instead of a white wedding, it's a red flag marriage. Correct. Yeah. Got it. I mean, Uh-oh. aren't they all? But you know, I mean, you know. I don't know. Anyway. All right. I don't know. There's don't there's know. people who are happy being hitched. There are lots of I know some people who are extremely happy being hitched. Actually, that's so nice that you bring that up because I was just watching an IG video. You know the Houston rapper Toby Nwigwe? Yes. And his wife Fat, and they have just the most beautiful marriage. And she posted a Happy Father's Day gallery, and some of them were video of him with his kids, and some talking to her, and like they just have this amazing marriage and he was talking in the last um video clip of the gallery he someone asks him about love and he kind of tries to fob it off and then she's like no answer the question and so he gives this really pretty incredible answer about love that i just blew me away he was like love is a choice love is not a feeling love is a command love is something that you do it's an act and the feeling that you get the butterflies in your stomach and all of the that kind of stuff comes and goes but love itself is an action and a choice that can be constant because you're making it happen. And I was like, wow. And he was saying that, you know, he didn't really have the butterflies until they got engaged and until they got married. And then he was like, then I got those feelings because I was making these choices. It just kind of reverse engineered the whole concept of being in love for me in a way that I'd never considered before. Same. You just unlocked a lot for me, way more than my therapist did in the 50 minutes we had before this, Peter. Why don't you step up to Mary Jane's level, Peter? Um, because because you always hear that, like, you know, uh, marriage isn't going to change anything. You know, right. we're still two people. But the idea of, like, what marriage changes is it's a different level of choice. And that's what real love is is a different level of choice and this your your description of their description is the first time i've heard it this way that's pretty fucking beautiful it is fucking beautiful it 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 totally um has stayed with me and i I, well i just watched it today so you know kind of hard to forget when i saw it since i since i woke up this morning but um i don't know i think that like the idea of you know i was in a really long-term relationship with a wonderful person and we were going to get married and then we didn't and I had wanted to get married for a really long time when we were together. And he had always said, you know, um, it's important to me to make the choice to be with you every day, as opposed to getting married when it becomes this sort of like thing that then you're then you're bonded together. He was like, the choice that I make to be with you is more important to me than the act of like having the wedding and stuff. And I sort of understood it. But um, when we did decide to get married, it was out of necessity as opposed to making the choice to enter into like a love relationship. And that's, I think why it failed ultimately was because we were like, Oh, we're going to do it for like, you know, sort of paperwork reasons and health insurance and all of that kind of stuff, which is also an incredibly fucking valid, like, I mean, I think, you know, when gay marriage was legalized, that was like the biggest thing for a lot of people they hadn't even thought about just like the rights that come along with being married, the rights of, you know, getting your partner on your health insurance being the most basic one, which is why my partner and I had decided we were going to get married. It's like, 
marriage is an important fucking contract that actually has huge benefits and societal, you know, opens up a lot of things for people who, who can share that contract. But, um, I don't know. It's, it's always been a complicated issue for me. And so to hear Toby talk about it that way and like looking at his wife and they clearly are like, they just crack each other up and, and also hold each other mad accountable. And I was like, wow, it's a command. It's an act. It's not a feeling. That's cool. Damn. I, foreshadowing our guest a little bit today. Uh, what do you think if you and I write maybe like a deep soul searching R and B pop song and it's all about the practicality of love? <laughs> it's about how love can get you health insurance. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Let's get married. You can so we ride can have in the carpool insurance. lane. Cause you're probably running errands together, you know, stuff like that. <laughs> great. Yes. I think Elena will make that a bop, a summer bop. <laughs> oh, great. <laughs> oh man. Yeah. Elena's a great guest and we will get to her in just a bit, but we have some other stuff to talk about first. Like I can, I, can we talk about um, something that I'm really proud of just my colleague, Elise McDonough, who I worked with so long at high times she launched a huge beverage brand this week in california and we got to partner with them on the launch to make some cool videos and i just want to shout her out man like gem and jane is an amazing new infused line of beverages under the canacraft umbrella and i've known elise since i think we met in 2003 when she was working uh, in the art department of High Times and then she came up as the edibles expert and she became the first ever edibles editor for High Times. She did all of these incredible experiments with infused fats and butters. There's a whole series of videos that you can watch. Then she moved on from High Times. She, um, the Bong Appetit cookbook is largely in her recipes and doing. And then she became the brand manager at Canacraft and now she's overseeing Satori and, Hi-Fi Hops and all of these other brands under that umbrella. And it's just, it's so neat to watch someone thrive and grow and flourish in this industry that she's seen go from underground to, you know, now legal in Cali. Gem and Jane specifically as a fast acting sip. Yeah. It is the first, it is the first canned beverage that uh, I loved the high. And yeah. then when the high was over, I didn't get tired. I wasn't groggy. I wasn't hungry. I was just kind of like chilling out. Like yeah. it was it was such a like lovely ride as we created content at all. Like speaking of Bop, our first video we just dropped on our Instagram <laughs> of you and I doing the uh, DJ the DJ challenge. Um yeah. you know, it was so fun and like just sipping on those cans all day and have having them hit hard and continuing to create while sipping Gem and Jane was a really nice feeling to do with you. So yeah, thank you, Elise. And also congratulations, Elise. Yeah, it's so great. They've got like amazing flavors. They've got um, like kind of neat combinations like uh, elderflower pear. There's a lemon blueberry lavender. There's a strawberry hibiscus. There's and they're um, using rare cannabinoids. So they're making them with like low doses of um, THCV, Delta-8, and CBD with like four milligrams of Delta-8 THC, I think, in some of them with two milligrams of CBD. And then there are other ones that have four milligrams of THCV and a little less than two milligrams of THC. So it's a, just a, like a summer sip, super refreshing. They're locale. They're just awesome. They're not paying us to say any of this on this podcast nope. right now. It's just great. 
Yeah. <laughs> My favorite flavor is chocolate starfish and the hot dog water. I Great. think that that's a really good one. That was developed um, specially for Mike Glazer. There was only yep. one can of it made. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, one of one. Fred Durst and I really had a great time uh, in the lab chopping it up. And That uh, would... T- I- Totally be a Fred Durst. I like that. That would be a fun game to play with you would be like developing beverage flavors for various celebrities because chocolate starfish and hot dog water really does sound like something that Fred Durst might. Um, oh, do, well, did on. you know that it was it was one of their albums? That was the name of one of the Limp Bizkit's albums after their like breakout one was chocolate starfish and the hot dog flavored water. No. Yeah. Are you kidding? Oh, I cannot wait till we go on a road trip and I only play Limp Bizkit for you. Oh, no. you have so much to learn, Mary Jane. Oh, oh I, I really cannot do. wait. Yeah, I It's missed... going to be Slipknot, corn, and Limp Bizkit, baby. Sprinkle some Romstein in there and we are going to drive across the country. Oh, my God. I did I did catch Tool. I know that Tool is one of your faves that I am familiar with, but the rest of it, man, just totally escapes me. Like, I was just, oh, we're going to talk about Life is Beautiful today, too, right? Because Green Day is we'll one of the there. headliners and... I I, I, I need to hear more about them because that was a moment that missed me. And I know they're like fucking iconic in this country. Their dookie and... missed you? Yeah. <laughs> uh-huh. I can't believe their dookie missed you. Oh, <clears throat> yeah. wow. Yeah, let's do let's do a, a 90s pop punk heavy metal road trip where 30 minutes into it, you regret going with me and you catapant yourself through the sunroof <laughs> back home so that you can listen to other things. <laughs> That's yeah. So on the on the way out on the outbound trip, I'm listening to this lineup of yours. And on the way back, you have to listen to what could I do to you that would be the fucking worst. I would make you listen to all of the like 60s and 70s jams that you just refuse to listen to, like Joni Mitchell or like Bob Dylan or the fucking pet, you know, uh, Pet Sounds the by the Beach Boys, I, yeah. which I've, I don't care about the Beatles, but like I've been trying to get you to listen to Pet Sounds by the Beach Boys for three solid years now. And you're always like, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. And I'm like, just smoke oh a joint God. and like lie on your fucking beanbag with me. We'll listen to one of the greatest sonic experiences of all fucking time. And you will not do it. And I think you're resistant because of like maybe your parents tried to get you to listen to some music like this and you were just I don't know what it is but yeah no I think you nailed it I think (laughs) I think uh I think because my dad was a deadhead who traveled all over the country and Um, he has like drawers and drawers of tapes and tapes from live concerts you know meticulously labeled and set lists like he was really into it a real curated couple of drawers from his time following them around and as soon as he would put one in i'd be like hey turn that off you know let's listen to some weird al for the 19th time today how about how about that how about (laughs) how about you know oh you want like like and my other thing is that i feel like you say pet sounds and i'm like i already listened to tool that's all the math i need but i know that you're right and i I do think it is like I i do think it is like a hink in my um like a hink in my brain because of uh, because my dad was a deadhead, and I'm, so I'm, you know, you're averse to the things that you know shape. Of course, you. yes, so, of yeah. course. Can I tell you a story about um, a deadhead who? Okay, I'm just gonna tell you a story. There's no lead in really, but once uh, I was working a cannabis cup event with uh, a bunch of folks. We were all sharing a house in Michigan. Very good friends, all of them wonderful folks. Big time fucking deadheads all day long from you know, sun up to sundown and beyond into the night. There was nothing else that was playing in the house. 
So I got an education to say the least. And <laughs> one morning, you know, we'd all been together for about a month. One morning I escaped to the car early in the morning to, we were going to the site for, for the day's work or whatever. And I had like five minutes in the car by myself to listen to the news. And I turned on NPR and I was like, oh, thank God, I'm listening to like some world events and, you know, hearing the dulcet tones of whoever the, the host was, you know, um, Madeline Brand or whoever. I was like, oh, thank God. And <laughs> John got in the car with me and he was like, ugh, can you turn that off? And I was like, <laughs> motherfucker, I have been listening to your noodly news for a fucking month and I can't even get five fucking minutes of fucking world news from NPR without you shaming me for my like need to just have and then he <laughs> anyway and then um his girlfriend now his wife Sarah uh got in the back and she was like John <laughs> just like let her have a minute and he was like oh yeah. and he said it reminds me of my dad and I was like, oh. okay all right all right okay I I feel you because you've listened to them more than me, I feel like a large part of the movement of the Grateful Dead was the current events of the time. So there is like an entire like where you're at and revolution and rebellion tied deeply into that music. And when you put on the news for somebody <laughs> to be like, whoa, whoa, is it, it feels very counterintuitive to me. Oh, my God. Yes, you're so right. Like, the Grateful Dead were a counterculture band. They were the heroes of the countercultural fucking music movement in so many ways. And they were, you know, they spread 420 culture across the country. Like, they, yeah, they were hugely oh, that's right, because revolutionary. The, the Waldos, didn't the Waldos, like, the which, if you didn't know, uh, 420 is based on the Waldos, it's a, which is a group of guys. And mm -hmm. maybe they toured with the Grateful Dead, and that's kind of how the seeds were planted for 420 to become... What Close. it is today? Close. Close. Yeah, yeah. It was a group of high school students in San Rafael, California in the 70s. And they um, would meet at 420 to smoke behind the school on on or near a wall, I think, which is why they're called the Waldos. They're still all friends. You can, I think, look up. They, they even have a website dedicated to the Waldos. But one of the Waldos, I think one of their older brothers was friends with one of the roadies from the Grateful Dead or something but anyway that's like the 420 idea of like the, these kids who would meet at 420 to smoke then permeated the Grateful Dead culture and then they spread it across the country along with Chemdog one of the best strains in the world um which was popped from a bag of weed that was bought in a parking lot at a Grateful Dead concert in like 1991 there were six seeds and those six seeds became they were popped by a breeder uh, who grew them out into the legendary strain Chemdog Wow, that's it's really all connected, cool. man. It's all connected, Mike. Yeah, man. <laughs> totally, yeah, man. dude. Yeah, that's some real Jack and the Beanstalk, Johnny Appleseed lore come to life. Really, yeah. really cool. Did you ever hear really of Danksy cool. Appleweed? Danksy Appleweed? Yeah. No. Danksy Appleweed was a person who, in I want to say like 2014, like a fucking while ago now, was leaving little dime bags of weed around New York City. Just with their signature, Danksy Appleweed. Just like, you, you find it if you need it. Here's a dime mm -hmm. bag. I got you. It's meant and, to be if it's meant to be. Yeah, yeah. And they were, I think, ultimately, like, found out and interviewed by, you know, one of the outlets. And, like, their whole thing was like, yeah, I'm just trying to, like, spread love and joy and share what I have. And it was just great. Danksy That's Appleweed. That's so cool. Mm -hmm. What a wonderful person. Oh, I'm going to yeah. Google that now, too. You talk about something like Danksy Appleweed, and I'm like, yes, absolutely. Can't wait to Google. And then you're like, do you want to hear a seminal album from one of the most talented musicians of all time, Brian Wilson? <laughs> and I'm like, we'll get there. <laughs> like, 
<laughs> it's never going to happen, Mary Jane. You can just give up now. I'm like, motherfucker. We're, yeah, we're both catapanting away from each other, but it's only because, like, we definitely need more therapy just to, like, get over the whole parent thing. Yeah, not enough therapy in the world. <laughs> There's a great scene in Love and Mercy, which is in part about the recording of Pet Sounds. It's a brilliant fucking movie where um, Paul Dano is playing um, Brian Wilson and he hears, it's like that, I think it's misophonia with, you know, that like crazy sonic thing that happens where you actually are like, the sound is... I can't remember exactly what the definition of it's not synthesthesia where like you the colors and the vibes and the whole thing like that Billie Eilish has and stuff like that. Synesthesia. And also synesthesia and also Pharrell and synesthesia is where you see color or hear color, right? Or see music, I think, is where the your your senses interact in a different way. The misophonia, I think, is when um, sound is um problematic and distracting like you don't hear it like a normal person like something that would be not a big deal for one person is like intolerable there's a great sonic scene in that movie love and mercy where he's eating with people and the clattering of the knives and forks all of a sudden becomes this huge thing that overtakes him and becomes like almost a psychotic break it's so brilliantly done the way they portray that like his experience of the way he heard things and hears things and how it relates to the music he made was fucking amazing i think that's the way to get me into things is visually um because i'm such a visual learner and everything that like the way that i talk like my brain is way more picture based than anything um Uh and so like if we watch something like that or even a live concert like talking about life is beautiful and things in a little bit like you know a live spectacle is the way that i fall in love with art the most and so you know i would love to burn one down and watch something like that with you on some bean bags, maybe with like three or four different pizzas and dip sauces, uh, like a light salad. Maybe it has some Kalamata olives in it and uh, some Ben and Jerry's <laughs> for dessert. <laughs> yes, this sounds great. Uh, when I get back to LA, let's have a love and mercy night where we have pizzas and light salad. I have a salad recipe that I'll actually bring with me that I've been making a lot that I want to talk about as well. But before we talk about your salad, let's do the news. It's a celebration. This is a great week. And then we will hit up these salads afterwards. Ready to talk about the Grubla Gazette? Yes, I am ready to talk about the Grubla Gazette, our news segment. Absolutely. The Grubla Gazette is presented by OCB Rolling Papers, the largest rolling paper brand in the world, crafted naturally since 1918. OCB offers a full line of plant-to-puff papers made with sustainable fibers farmed from within a 500-kilometer radius of their facility in France, which is powered by 100% green energy. In 2020, OCB rolled out America's first ultra-thin, slow-burning bamboo rolling paper cones. They're even burning, no tear, GMO-free, and vegan. Not all rolling papers are created equal. OCB offers a premium smoking experience. We call it Harmony on High. Oh, ask for OCB wherever you buy your papers and sample their entire brand, sample their entire line of products, excuse me. Uh, Plus visit OCBUSA.com and follow OCB on Instagram at OCB underscore USA. Their rolling papers are fantastic. Their cones are fantastic. If you like our podcast and you like what we do, please support the people who support us. Thank you, OCB. Thank you, OCB. Mary Jane, what is our news story this week? Our news story this week is being reported all over the place. We are bringing it to you from Marijuana Moment, which we love as a great source for everything that's going on in the world of cannabis, marijuanamoment.net. And the story is 
Connecticut went legal. Whoop, whoop. I think that's the 19th state. The 19th state. I had actually lost track. I thought it was the 18th, but it is. It's amazing. It's the 19th state. It's the fourth state to legalize cannabis for adult use this year alone after New York, Virginia, and New Mexico. So it's pretty freaking amazing. Um, The bill is also really progressive. Do you want to hear some of the things that will be... uh, legal under this new law? I do. And and right before you say them, I just want to say like the, the exciting thing about this law for me as well is it seems like Connecticut built this learning from the mistakes and successes of other states to come before it. And so I can only imagine and hope that as we go from state 19 to 20 to 25, all the way up to maybe 30, who knows, um, <laughs> that, you know, these bills will continue to champion the right things and get the things that are not appropriate out of the way. So just wanted to say that and knock on some wood. (laughs) Yes, we should all be knocking on wood right now because so much could go wrong, but hopefully so much will go right with this. And I think a big key feature of this bill is something that you and I talk about a lot, which is that home grow will be permitted. So important um, to allow medical marijuana patients, of course, and also adult use consumers to be able to cultivate your own at home. Other details are that it will allow adults 21 and older to possess up to 1.5 ounces of cannabis starting on July 1st. Right around the corner. Happy Canada Day. Happy Connecticut Legalization Day. Okay. Connecticut. (laughs) A significant amount of tax revenue will go toward broader community reinvestment targeting areas most affected by the criminal drug war. Um, Convictions will be automatically expunged um, for possession of less than four ounces. Beginning in 2023, those convictions will be expunged. Um, The smell of weed will no longer be a basis for cops to stop and frisk you, which is huge. Which many times was a bullshit thing to begin with, because if you can say something like that, then you've already got like probable cause, which is a huge fucking problem and a big reason why a lot of people are in prison who shouldn't be. And uh, this this I think is really great. The bill states that rental tenants, students at institutions of higher learning and professionals in licensed occupations will be protected from certain types of discrimination around legal cannabis use and people who test positive for cannabis use will not be able to be denied organ transplants or other medical care educational opportunities or have action taken against them by the department of children and families without another evidence-based reason for the action so they won't be able to take away your kids they won't be able to deny you treatment for any illness that you might be uh, coping with especially people who um, need transplants People have been denied life-saving organ transplants in the past based on cannabis use because they treat it like other illegal drug use and they're saying like a schedule one yeah yeah so that is huge oh and in the meantime there was also another uh part that i thought was really great is that the state will be allowed to enter into cannabis related agreements with tribal governments like the mashantucket pequot tribe and the mohegan tribe of indians yeah it's just a really really great piece of news to celebrate as we go into summer you know absolutely uh it's it's uh what's help me there's a joke about hot girl summer and uh-huh. uh for this news hot <laughs> hot box summer hot it's box hot box summer, summer mary jane <laughs> great we got there it's hot box summer <laughs> yes fantastic <laughs> i was watching a tiktok the other day because uber prices are so fucking crazy right now like i was looking to see how much an uber would be from lax back to your place because when you get back from washington and it's like $120, where it used to be, 
you know, 35, 40, 60 if it was surge pricing. Mm-hmm. And so this TikTok that we should share on our Instagram at Weed and Grub essentially said, why the fuck are Uber prices so high? And essentially what they did was they operated at a huge loss with tons of money coming in from investors. And by operating at a huge loss, they could keep their prices incredibly low, which would squeeze out any other competitors. Mm -hmm. And then once everybody was gone and they're the only game in town, they just raise their prices to whatever they fucking want it to be to recoup on those losses. And so that is a direct parallel for me with federal legalization and how there's going to be these big Monsanto, Amazon companies who are going to come in and keep their fucking prices way lower than anybody else in town and then squeeze everyone else out and then rocket those prices all the way up and there's nothing we can do about it. And I am that's like a huge concern for me and it's always worth sharing because we have this platform to share it. So you're so right. And it's the biggest reason that home grow is so important because you should be able to supply your own weed without having to depend on especially on a giant fucking corporation to, you know, sell you crappy weed for a lot of money and make a ton of profit. So yeah. yeah. Oh, God, can you imagine a day when it's $150 for some mids? Like, ugh, yes, I can. Can you imagine? <laughs> yeah, right? I mean, there, you know, it's pretty nuts. In California, there are some companies that are selling, you know, not great weed at top shelf prices because they've got a big name behind the. I mean, I don't want to name names right now, but they've, you know, white labeling by celebrities is, uh, you know, coming online more and more. People want to buy, a, you know, new consumers, not people who know about weed, but like a nov- cons- novice consumer might walk into a dispensary and be swayed because they recognize a name on the box as opposed to, you know, knowing what to actually shop for. They're like, oh, you know, someone I like has a brand of weed. Let me try that. And it's not necessarily going to be the best and it's probably going to be more expensive. So, yeah, definitely something to look out for. Uh, don't let people sell you shitty weed for a lot of money. And then there, <laughs> there's like, you know, great weed that costs a lot of money because it's fucking worth every penny. So Absolutely. All right. Hit me with the salad. You sent me the pictures. I got upset because I couldn't taste my phone. What the heck kind of salad was that, Mary okay. Jane? Okay. Remember when you and I were here last summer and we were talking about corn loading? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which, for anyone who didn't hear that episode, is basically our concept of um, preparing yourself for a road trip by corn loading instead of carb loading before a race. You corn load before a road trip where you eat a ton of corn. And then once you've pooped out the last kernel, you know that you're clean and good to go and you're not going to need to poop on the road. It's brilliant. Yeah. And and now we can do when we do our road trip with corn, we can do a cone lo- <laughs> corn loading corn tour. Corn, co- corn loading corn for corn. corn the band. Okay. Yes. <laughs> so anyway, it just it just kind of like brought me back to those times uh, last summer when we were talking about corn loading because it's a corn salad. It's a grilled corn salad mm. with um it's fucking phenomenal. You grill corn and scallions and jalapenos. And then you dress romaine lettuce with a buttermilk feta lemon and garlic dressing. Put the grilled corn and scallions uh, and avocado over the top and the jalapenos minced into the dressing. And it's the most refreshing, spicy, zesty, zippy, happy, summery bite. Fucking A. And I um, marinated some chicken thighs and did those on the grill as well. And uh, I've just been, yeah, having a great time. You know that spinach salad recipe, um, dressing recipe that we shared Maybe like a month ago now. Yeah, it was a hit. <laughs> it was such a big hit. I've I've become very popular because of that spinach salad dressing <laughs> recipe. Uh, there so... she is. There she is. There, <laughs> oh hey, my Mary god, Jane. she's she's oh. famous. 
I will share this grilled corn uh, recipe as well in the show notes. It was a, I can't take credit for it. It's not my recipe, but it, I do make it and I make it well and people like me for it. And I've made new friends. Damn. You mm-hmm. know what? That's kind of the uh, uh, like biggest cosign you can have in a recipe is it made me new friends. What yeah. a... What a beautiful, like, that's what it's about, right? That's what cooking is about. Like, this is so good. I have new friends now. Yeah. I mean, that that would be my dream would be to keep making good food for uh, people and then someday, like, transitioning into, like, maybe a pop-up. I don't know. Like, making, you know, testing out those recipes and, and serving strangers and seeing if they like me. <laughs> Mary Jane, it's Pop Girl Summer. Let's go. Yeah. I love that. Oh, that's man. the name of your restaurant. Do you like me? Yeah. <laughs> Mary Jane's Papa, what's it called? Do you, Do you like, like me? me? Yeah. <laughs> I think that's the perfect name for my pop-up, honestly. I think it is too. Because yeah. if it goes really well and you do blow up, like it's kind of the perfect name. I love that. Thank you, Mike. I will uh, name my pop-up Do You Like Me, and I hope you will come and eat some food and then tell me how much you like me. I like you so much. I can't wait to do it. Count me in. I'll be first in line. Last Great. to leave. <laughs> Awesome. Speaking of do you like me and friends, do you want to get to Buds of the Week? Yes, I do. I do, because this is so exciting. Uh, My Bud of the Week this week is uh, Aaron from Toast Magazine, because Aaron wrote this beautiful piece that's in Toast Magazine right now. It's at toastoncoast.com, and the feature is called Weed and Grub, the cannabis-infused podcast that makes you hungry. It was just so wonderful to hang out with Aaron and, and then have him write up this piece that calls us uh, a modern day Seinfeld infused with cannabis. Like that felt pretty great because he said, it's a show about nothing. At least that's the impression they give at first. But Weed and Grub offers a surprising amount of depth that keeps listeners engaged. He writes about like our love for food in a really amazing way. Food is at the heart of Weed and Grub. Once they reach the crescendo of the moment when food reaches their mouth, they chew on the scenery, the texture, taste, and dive deep into every aspect of what made their culinary experience work. Gibson and Glazer will often talk about the simple joys of making delicious food at home and the hilarious experiences they have dining out. They lovingly and meticulously deconstruct the eating experience to a point that the listener could easily visualize and appreciate the food by proxy. And they really appreciate anyone sending them late night delicious food content (laughs) yes we do man it's i feel so seen from this write-up like i feel like got i feel got you know yeah so that's my butt of the week it's aaron from toast magazine which is on on ig it's at toast mcc and we will put the link to the article in our show notes and thank you so much aaron like what a cool hang and made me feel all shiny and happy my butt of the week this week is is not Bobo. bobo Why is he screaming? You want to talk about pet sounds? This is why I won't listen to. Because <laughs> I assume it's Brian Wilson Ugh. doing layered tracks of um, cats screaming at all hours of the day. Oh, my God. Okay. Anyway, Sorry. My butt of the week this week is Stu Chacone. He's a friend. He's an amazing sound editor and mixer and engineer. And you can follow him at Stu, S-T-U-C-H-A-C-O-N, at Stu Chacone. Um, I've worked with him on a lot of of uh, videos that I've been the lead in, but I think way more important than me. He also was just the sound guy for Tyler, the creator's new video that's coming out soon. He also did all of the burger show with Alvin, who hopefully we're going to have on the podcast soon. He works with Complex a lot. He works with all the biggest names in um, hip hop, 
I, I, I would, I should just say music. Like the dude is just tapped in. He did all of the complex sneaker shopping show that had like Jaden Smith on it. He's, he's a trusted person in the game who is the best at doing sound. You cannot go wrong with Stu. Everybody should follow him. And if you're looking for somebody in sound as well, hire the guy because he will never let you down. Uh, amazing. Wow. Some good buds yeah. of the week. <laughs> really good. Before we get to our VIB, our very important bud, I wanted to do a little VIB and do a very important, beautiful Mary Jane because our guest this week just got announced at Life is Beautiful. And that is a, I, I don't even want to call it a festival when it comes to you and I. Like, that is where you and I made like a deep, real connection year after year that, yeah. you know, has solidified for me, you in my life as another human being like yeah it life is beautiful is beautiful it you know the that was yes yeah, so well said that was the first time i think that we like we'd had our lunch and we'd connected in la and we knew we like wanted to be friends and hang out and do stuff together but i was working the very first life is beautiful and like manning a booth and i was like you know randomly like hey do you do you want to come and hang in vegas and you said yes and you came and I'll never forget like standing at my booth and you rolled up and you brought me a cold beer. And I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> and then we like, I, you know, just wandered around when I got cut from work that day. We wandered around the festival, like smoking a joint and taking in the music. And it was just like a, such a fundamentally connecting experience, bonding with you and then going back the next year, not having to work and being able to just like you know, enjoy the festival and do all of the, all of the things, all of the substances, eat all of the foods, hear all of the music and be like a truly like consume everything, devour life kind of situation with you. And yes. yeah. And it's become um, a ritual for us now. It's really fundamental to our relationship. I feel like, yeah. Yeah. Anybody who hasn't been, it is a perfect combination of art music, culture, food, and just celebrating being alive. Yeah. Like that is what Life is Beautiful represents. The lineups are perfectly curated. So let's say you love pop. There's going to be pop. Let's say you love rock. There's going to be rock. There's not only something for everyone, <laughs> but it is like, it is it is so incredibly inclusive too. Yeah. And, it, and it really puts the Vegas Strip on the map for me in a way that normally the Vegas Strip might not be considered. It's actually the it's downtown Vegas. That's actually oh, that's my favorite I mean. part downtown of it is Vegas. that it's yes. yeah, it's off the strip. So you like get to see I think what what really what real Vegas is. It's like the actual the Fremont district and the, you know, like what feels to me like a real city because Vegas to me had always been so overwhelming with because I'd only ever stayed on this strip and then to experience life is beautiful with you I was like oh I fucking get it I get the heartbeat I get the rhythm I get the energy do you remember the night when we were I mean I know you remember it because we were, talk about it all the time the night that we were just like perfectly baked and we were standing on a corner and this dog went past and you were like boy that's a long dog and we <laughs> laughed so hard it was like, so long. I it was the longest dog I've ever seen. It was so long. That dog was I've never so long. I've seen a longer dog. And its legs were so short. So proportionally, <laughs> the length of it just didn't make any fucking sense. No. And we were like, it "Oh my god!" It looked like Slinky from Toy Story. It was. It insane. was the longest dog. It was the greatest <laughs> moment. I still can like cry laugh just thinking about how long that fucking dog was. <laughs> So here's my pitch this year. Instead of going, I want us to be a part of life is beautiful. I would love a like to be a part of something new there, especially because weed is legal in Vegas called life is butterful. And maybe we could do the podcast for life is beautiful at life is beautiful because I think we understand it. I think we're tapped in. And I think that it is like 
you're not going to find anybody else who has a more emotional, real, honest connection to this festival than the two of us. So I would love to be a part of it. I would love that too. I need new title pitches. We could have a pitch session. We can we can uh, sidebar about that offline if you like. But um... <laughs> <laughs> understood. I uh, I definitely yes. I would love that. And and shout out to our friend Samin who is a big part of the Life Is Beautiful Festival. She's fucking awesome and she's always killing it at the fest. And our VIB this week, our very important bud Elena Castillo is on the fucking lineup as you said. Like whoop, whoop. I just pulled up the poster to see the whole lineup and her placement. You know her name in bright blue letters uh, on the poster. It's just exciting. And we caught her on the come up. I mean, basically she stepped out of the studio for a few minutes to chat with us. You'll hear her recording in the background some some beats and stuff happening and there's a there's a fair bit of background noise uh during our chat with her but it was so great that she stepped out to talk to us and we're going to drop her track indica uh at the end of uh this episode so stick around to hear that it's fucking great yeah it's fucking bussin she Mm. was named spotify's u.s radar artist of 2020 uh streamed and viewed over 120 million times elena is a houston-born singer and songwriter she's brilliant and cool and funny and so fucking talented and i'm so glad that she kicked it with us and i'm so excited to hear what she was working on she's nice she's so nice she rad yo and um she has cool hair you know, all of it. <laughs> I like, thank God we didn't say any of this to her while we were with her. <laughs> Just... Oh my God, your hair is so cool. You're so nice. Do you like me? <laughs> <laughs> you want to come to my pop-up? <laughs> I'll make you corn salad and talk to you about whether or not you pooped it out yet. <laughs> Are you ready? Oh, yes. <laughs> okay. Without further ado, here is our interview with... Elena Castillo. What up? Thank you for kicking it with us. Even though we've been talking for five minutes, this is the official start. Thank you for having me. I'm excited for this. This is so great. Are, are you coming to us? I know we were just chatting off pod a little bit. Are you able to say uh, what, what you were doing yesterday for our listeners? Because I think they'll enjoy hearing it. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yesterday I did this video where I was making weed brownies and it was my first time making it. I'm not sure the measurements that we put into it now that everything has happened. I'm like kind of regretting not looking into it more, but I had one on camera and then one after that as well. And I started feeling it on the drive to the studio. I was like, okay, it's fine. Like I'm good. I'm going to make music. I'll be fine. And then we get to the studio. My producer has one as well. And like, he just has one. So then 30 minutes later, he starts feeling it. And I'm like, well into it. I'm like, I need to go home. Like, there is nothing that will help me now except for rest and my cat, maybe. Let's get into your latest single, Indica, which dropped, uh, I believe you premiered it on High Times. Is that right? Mm -hmm. So Indica, um, I have always wanted a song about weed. And it was really hard. Like, whenever I was making YouTube videos at first, because my parents were still very involved in my processes, you know? So I was like, I was always scared to to go out and write about that. So whenever we started bringing it up, I was, I wanted it to also talk about the feelings that you get whenever you're smoking, you know, like, seems like you're in a different world, a different universe, like, and whenever you're not having a bad trip, like I was yesterday, you're (laughs) always like kind of happy and just ready to listen to music or watch a really weird show or look at the stars or something. So Indica was, was that 
like my own version of bringing that into real life of kind of bringing up imagination, like all the scenarios that I get whenever I'm high. Um, and then also kind of bringing it into a little melody as well. So it, it creates that little song. I hope you take this the right way, but it's really nice to close my eyes and listen to it. Like it takes <laughs> me places. I get that. No, I did ASMR before and everybody's like, oh man, I just fall asleep to your videos. So I'm, <laughs> I'm, used, I'm used to that. It's okay. <laughs> you were recently on Seth Meyers. How was that experience? That must have been so neat. Oh yeah, that was that was insane. It was like my first, I mean, I did the Latin American Music Awards show, which was very insane. And that one, I actually had like a live crowd too. But um, for the Seth Meyers one, we were doing it just like in this, in this set with TVs and neon lights and everything. And um, it felt really weird to think that the final product was going to be on TV because I remember like the night that it was going on, my friend was like, okay, I'm going to come and wake you up. Or like, I was trying to stay awake, but I was like, I have no idea when it's like going to be on. I'm over here waiting in my room. So then I wake (laughs) up to her knocking on my door. She's like, you're on in five minutes. And I like got outside with my blanket over my head, like walking, sitting on the couch and we just watched it. And it was such a surreal feeling because I, I don't know. I started on YouTube doing covers. Like how the fuck does it end up on TV? So it just felt like very full circle and I was really happy. Let's talk a little bit about how you came up. Like what, how did you get your start? Yeah, I, I started on YouTube um, because I think whenever I was in high school, it was starting to kind of blow up and a lot of people were using YouTube to post videos. And so I was like, you know what, let me go and try it. And I, I wasn't really keeping my parents involved because they didn't want me like having a Facebook at first or like anything way back then. But I took matters into my own hands and just started posting my own videos. And then I stopped, but continued um, whenever I was in, I think, 11th grade. And it was just always really fun for me to to work and to go to school and everything, but then to be able to come back and make something that I really liked and finally do something that I like. So it felt like I had this whole world to go to. And that's why I started making my YouTube videos in the first place. And then I never really imagined that I'd be able to like write my own songs one day. And that was just like three years later. So it was weird to see how it all like came into plan because I never expected it to happen that fast. It's so interesting to speak to an artist like, you know, in this crazy year, what, how is, how has this year been for you, this pandemic? Because it seems like this has been a year of great success for you, but how have you sort of navigated this time? Yeah. I always told myself 2021 was going to be my year. I was 21 in 2021. (laughs) I was like, okay, 2020 was Corona. I moved out to LA right before it started. So I was kind of like just trapped in my apartment and in the studio. And that I think really, really helped because I'm like, I'm very shy and I've, I have never done this before. So I get really anxious for a lot of things and being able to have that time where Corona was like, Hey, stay inside for a little bit and just like write music and become more comfortable with myself and myself in this new environment I think that really helped me and now this new year that my album is out and like all these amazing things are happening I'm just like okay like it's it still is a process but I know that there's so many amazing things that are going to come out of sitting and waiting you know yeah, their new album, Par- Parallel Universe Part One. Yes. Uh, I can we go backwards a little bit? Speaking of parallel universe, let's do some string theory and like jump into the past for one more second and talk about how. I, I'm just curious if there were because you grew up in a religious family. Like, was there expectations for 
that were set out for you and your life? And were those expert, like, how hard was it to just be like, I'm low key making YouTube videos and they're going really good. Oh my gosh. Like now what do we do? Yeah, no, it was, it was hard with my, with my parents because my mom was very cautious. She didn't want me to get too concerned with my looks or anything like that. She wanted me to stay very humble, but my dad was just straight up like, no, like, don't, you can't do it anymore. And I think that's why I stopped for a little bit in ninth grade. Um, and then whenever it came to be in 11th grade, I was just like, I have to keep going. Like, this is something that I just feel very passionate about and I'm doing it on my own. And to me, that was really special because I'm like a very dependent person and when it comes to certain relationships and things. So I liked that this was my own little thing. Um, but it was, it was hard because my mom is also very religious. My dad is as well. And I know like for a lot of the pop culture things, it's hard to have your parents watch something without them being like, Oh, Lainey, what was that word you just said? Or like <laughs> different things like that. Mm -hmm. So it was, it was strange, but I think whenever I started to show them that it was actually like working and I was able to pay off all these different things and like get all this equipment for my videos. My dad was just kind of like standing in the corner. He was like, okay, I see. <laughs> like he didn't want to admit it, but I was just like, all right, I can see it in his eyes. He's accepting the defeat. It's good. <laughs> <laughs> There's also something cool about like, if this was like, if this is the path that god meant for you to like grab a hold of too it's 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 kind of an undeniable thing at a certain point right like it doesn't mean yeah, yeah like i think they can work together a bit <laughs> yeah 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 you know like everything's supposed to happen for a reason and i feel like everything that has happened in my life especially in the past two years has really just put me on track with becoming who i'm supposed to be and like not being sorry for it as well because I'm like a very like I'm sorry I'm sorry I'm sorry so it's just it's helping me become a confident person and I like that how does cannabis fit into that for you like what how did your relationship with weed start and then how does it fit into your your work and and you know your general outlook on life yeah like bible stories and you know bible story time and weed sessions that's that's how it goes I didn't even know how I was gonna like put that into my public life because my parents are such an like growing up they were such an important part of like do they approve this do they not approve that mm -hmm. and so whenever I started to make my own music part of me becoming more independent was realizing like this is my story and this is my life that I'm living so I need to I need to write based off of like as if I'm writing in my diary I'm always very honest whenever I'm talking about my feelings or something so I need to do that for my music I need to do that with the way that I express myself and do all of these different things and I I remember starting smoking <laughs> uh when I wasn't supposed to be smoking you know that's that's how it goes <laughs> uh -huh. um so I would always get so anxious because my my mom would always tell me like to never do it so I just put it in my head like if I'm doing it then it is wrong and I'm not supposed to be feeling this way or, or whatever so my anxiety would always be like top peaking whenever I would be going or like smoking and for a while I was just like no I can't I can't do it I don't ever want to do it again I don't like feeling this way so it took a minute for me to really realize like my calm space with it. And I think when I started smoking with my boyfriend, that's when I was like, just very in like a chill 
environment and I was like oh wait this isn't bad at all and then it just helped me kind of be more of like a chill person and look at things in perspective because whenever you're high like the videos that you watch like <laughs> you 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 discover some stuff so that, was like, <laughs> that I've I've been there and I've done that and it's just I feel like it's changed my perspective and it's continuing to change my perspective and I like that so that's great what kind of stuff do you discover like what kind of youtube holes do you fall into when you're uh high and surf looking around yeah i mean at first it was food a lot of food videos whenever you get like the munchies or whatever but Mm -hmm. considering that my album is called parallel universe i am very much so into space and discovering more about that and i've always kind of been interested but my boyfriend loves 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 like looking up joe rogan videos like conspiracy (laughs) theories like history channel all of those things so i spend most of my nights watching two hour long videos about like the theories where the world started all the floods like connecting religions and everything like that so it just gets it gets very deep you know you get down that wormhole yeah yeah and then you find the perfect that perfect cat video and you know call it a wrap oh yeah <laughs> yes <laughs> so we we have to ask about your snack game you know the what is what is what do you like to eat what does your day look like when you because i mean your life must be so intense and insane with you know being in the studio and traveling to perform all that kind of stuff like what how do you eat yeah um i actually love food like I don't know my we were known growing up as the Castillo kids like the people that whenever you invited them to a party all the food was going to be gone because they would just eat it (laughs) and so um I wasn't really allowed to eat a lot of like unhealthy food growing up so now that I'm just like chilling I'm always like okay shit let me go and get those like the little snacks like the I don't know I'd say my my top would probably be like the dinamitas they're kind of like the takis but they're like the dorito versions of them and i can just go through bags and bags of those like i'm in pain while eating it but i i love it so much so i just keep going but no sometimes it's hard before the studio or like anything like that because if I'm singing, I can't really eat right before that. Or if I'm like trying to go and like doing like fittings or things. So it's hard to, to work it in, but my schedule, and it also takes me a really long time to get a schedule, but I always try to start with like a smoothie, a protein smoothie, um, or just like, I have a love hate relationship with eggs. I don't know if you guys feel that too. Yep. It's just, you know, sometimes you, you like it, but then other times you just, whenever you have to force yourself to eat, you just want to throw up and that's, that's me. So I, I really depends how I feel. Um, but on avocado toast, I think it's always, it's a, it's a steal with that one. Your video stopped. Oh, we, we lost your video. <laughs> oh, wait, hold on. I'm right above the, the studio and Romans is just going at it with the drums right now. So. Well, that's, that's a great uh, tie-in to um, how you were discovered actually. So let's talk about that connection. You, um, since, you know, the drums are banging right now. Yeah, they, they are going. Um, no, I, so it was really funny how it actually worked out because I was talking to my friend and I was getting to the point where I was also talking to my brothers about it, um, about dropping out of college. And that was a very like touchy subject for us because of my parents. So I was like getting comfortable talking to them about it. Also telling my friends, like, we should go to LA, like I can vlog there. And I was thinking very YouTube world things of like vlogging and just being in that LA environment. 
And then now that I live here, it's still a weird saying that because I'm like, okay, LA, cool. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> like a week later, my producer, um, Romans, he messaged me on Instagram and I, I hadn't really trusted a bunch of people. I was, I was very kind of skeptical when it came to DMing everybody, but um, I just... I replied to him and I was like, okay, what's up? Like I was kind of acting mean. I think back then I remember it as me being mean. I was like, okay, like what's the plan? Where are we going to go? Cause I didn't want to be taken advantage of, you know? And so then we flew out to LA and I went with my best friend and it was just for a day in the studio. And I remember like the eating part before was always awkward you know whenever you go on like a first date with somebody and you're just like there sitting like I'm even more awkward when it comes to that stuff so I was like okay cool and then we went to the studio after and that was when it started to like get really weird like in a good way because we just started he made I think a beat and then I started singing on it and I was just like I, I felt very happy like comfortable and I remember he told me later he like walked out of the room and called my manager and was like yo you need to come down here like what the heck like it's going crazy so it was just a really fun kind of thing that showed me this is what LA is like or the side that I get to see at least like I feel very happy and blessed with the people that I work with and then also kind of the studio time that I get because it's very like I'm always comfortable in it which I like um so that's that's how we met and then around that same time I was also talking about going to the Queen Mary like the boat have you guys heard about that it's like yeah haunted. Mary Jane has like connects to that that's yeah crazy. yeah oh, they're shoot. very 420 friendly down there that's awesome oh wow okay yeah no we went there I think like on my second trip to LA and we stayed in like B4 I'm not sure what the most haunted room is but we stayed in that one and we didn't take advantage of it, sadly, but we were like closing, like trying to sleep at three of us in this one bed and like opening <laughs> our eyes with the lights on and everything just like, hello. But yeah. <laughs> wow. So you got Parallel Universe just came out. You've got tickets on sale for your uh, fall tour. What's your summer going to look like? Yeah. What's on your vision board? Yeah. So definitely a part two to the album, which I'm very excited about. Um, I like part one is so much fun and I feel the reaction that my fans have given me is just insane and I I'm excited for them to hear part two because I think it's a lot deeper um and a lot darker as well so they get to see like a different a different side of that maybe a little bit moodier and more more confidently out there um but that is definitely coming up I know we've been talking about doing like a few shows here and there but I'm not sure what is actually going to to happen, but the tour in November is what I'm excited for. You're playing the Roxy here in LA. That's so iconic. Yes, I'm excited. Well, uh, thank you so much for joining us. Everyone check out Parallel Universe Part 1, Part 2 to come and catch you on tour this November. Thank you so much, Elena. (gasps) Thank you for having me. I had so much fun. Please come back anytime. All right, I'll be waiting on the invite. Yes! (laughs) Thanks, everyone. Bye, everybody. I can't. My My eyes are stars. I drift in the galaxy.
Straight five, hiding from the day.